1: Hello and welcome back to the Parts Unknown podcast. With me, Ben Green, John Ash down over there, and the man who makes it all happen in a much better way, John Ross Swarby. Hello, Swaby.
2: Swaby, we're still feuding over that.
1: Yeah, but you are the king of t-shirt style today. King of king of Tell us what you're wearing. Style. I'm wearing my Nakamura Strong style t-shirt. Yeah,
2: one what? of the one of the few t-shirts. If you've ever seen this on like the WWE shop or whatever, it's one of the few t-shirts you can actually get away with wearing that doesn't make you look like you're wearing a wrestling t-shirt. <laughs>
1: That definitely looks good. Uh, John Ashton, what are you wearing? <laughs> just my usual civvies. Nothing,
3: yeah. uh, nothing special.
1: Yeah, you're late for today's recording.
3: I apologize, for which I apologise. I was, I was watching Payback, which probably made me late.
1: Which is handy because oh. that's what we're going to talk about. Um, I should say I'm a, I'm a bit throaty today, so I may be more uh, kind of Andre the Giant late era style, um, coming in occasionally, but mostly just reclining against the ropes <laughs> uh, while you two uh, take up the haku and Dino Bravo. Positions and do all the heavy lifting. Who would our opponents be in that situation?
3: Well, demolition famously took the belts off the colossal connection. Then they had that Was it WrestleMania six that happened? I think it was. Yeah, I think it was.
1: So we are talking about payback. The big payback, as James Brown once famously sang. um, The first pay-per-view post-WrestleMania, which is traditionally the absolute nadir of uh, WWE creativity. It's a, generally a terrible time. Nothing really picks up till about June. But I have to say that I enjoyed this, bar the obvious, which we'll talk about, the House of Horrors, which I think everyone thought was absolutely abysmal, and everyone should be thoroughly, thoroughly ashamed of themselves. So it's, it's, we'll, we'll come on to that later, but, you know, I thought this was... This was, it was short. It was sweet. There were some good matches. I really liked the opening video package. I really liked the absence of David Otunga. I <laughs> didn't first, like Booker T. My first note was, <laughs> no Otunga. No Otunga. <laughs> Do you know why he's not there? No, they just said it was a couple of weeks. He's making a movie. A film. Oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of which, did you see the trailer for the oh, Shawn Michaels we, it was movie? Trailer
3: after, there was two trailers. Did you see there was two? There was one for the Michaels movie, one for the Cena movie.
1: Oh, I didn't see the Cena one. And he gets I...
3: shot in a desert or something, and he's lying face down with dust on his face, and the gun is an extension of me, and that sort of thing.
1: OK, so the Shawn Michaels movie looks... it. it well, it started off like it, it was going to be this is the, like uh, a rom-com. The but Resurrection but then, of Gavin Stone. Yes, but I don't think there's going to be any rom or com in it. I think it just <laughs> looks jesus It does look quite jesus yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't speak at all in the uh, in the trailer. He, he just, just like looks. He's in the background and looks over cheapy. somebody's shoulder at some at one
3: point. <laughs> yeah. I think he plays an. The cover of the sort of video looked like it said the X can underneath. Okay, Shawn Michaels, so. but not the ex wrestler. <laughs> no,
1: because <laughs> no. uh, and I'm surprised to see that he's uh, being billed as Shawn Michaels and not Michael Higginbottom, which is his real name. Well, yeah, Higginbottom is not a superstar. It's no, not very
3: Hollywood, no. is it? No, we digress. But I quite enjoyed Booker T's kind of. It was almost Dusty-esque at times. Like it was kind of quite. I, a lot of my notes are things that Booker T said that were funny. So um, I quite enjoyed him being there. And yeah, given that it was, um, you sort of think they sort of hit the reset button a little bit post Mania, but you know they they hadn't really because we had like quite a few rematches from Mania and one from the from Fastlane, which was before Mania. Um, but given that, I thought it was an okay show.
1: Well, let's uh, let's start at the beginning. It's a good place to start. Uh, Jericho versus Kevin Owens kicks things off. Jericho comes out with his sparkly scarf. And then there's uh, Kevin Owens, who's, who's gone to SmackDown now. He's repackaged himself ever so slightly. He's shaved his hair a bit. He's trimmed his beard. Which is little a little bit baby unfortunate. Now. Yeah,
3: well, he's got the, the Titan Tron behind him. Where the face he's been, of the America. face of America. Where he's got a completely different hairstyle to what he has now.
1: Yeah, they haven't quite <laughs> caught up with that. And I, I, I made a note here. This is my first note. That he's... He seems to suffer from something that I suffer from, which is when I shave, um, I look about fifteen, twenty years younger. I don't know if uh, that's the, the case with both of you. How old are you, John Ross? I'm twenty nine. Twenty nine, and without the beard, about ten. <laughs> yeah, John Ashdown. Well,
3: I'm thirty six. So I suppose I, I, there is no way I would look twenty one, no matter how much I shaved. Well, you're northern, face and otherwise.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm. I reckon without the beard, I I, I definitely look sub thirty. And there was an odd stipulation in this match in that the, uh, the winner leaves town, basically, or the, the winner goes to SmackDown. Now, Kevin Owens is already on SmackDown. Um, Jericho is leaving, we think, to go on his world tour again. So everyone's expecting Kevin Owens to win, and yet hmm. they swerve us.
2: Are we, are, we revealing the fin- are we revealing the finish yet? Am I allowed to talk about this in the, in the past tense?
1: Yeah, a we Jer- can. No, yeah, I, it's I, a Jericho I think we can one. assume that everyone, <laughs> <laughs> everyone um, who is going to listen to this show—and there are not many of you—both of them. you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that includes my brother. Um, well, he, he won't be watching the wrestling. He's just interested to hear me because oh, because nice. he's a very caring you, big brother. You could always just pick but, up the phone. But I would say, apart from my brother, everyone who's listening to this will be watching the wrestling, so we're not spoiling anything. So yes, Chris so, Jericho won.
2: Jericho wins so apparently Jericho's on Smackdown but um, Kevin Owens has gone nowhere he's on Smackdown as well
1: by the time people listen to this we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon um, Tuesday evening I wouldn't be at all surprised if Kevin Owens re-wins the title on Smackdown because I've seen on the UK tour which is coming up in a couple of weeks uh, it says the US title is being defended and it says Kevin Owens now they might just have written that before the match and and Uh, Jericho surprised everyone, but you know.
2: But um, as you mentioned, you know Jericho is supposedly going on tour with Fozzy this year, so we're all kind of expecting him to sort of leave the E for a bit.
1: Yeah. Well, let's uh, let's talk about the match itself. Did uh, did, what did you think? Did we enjoy it?
3: Yeah, I thought it was thought it was good. Um, You know, it's obviously something we've seen before. These guys have been feuding for or been working together for quite a while now. There was a fantastic pop-up powerbomb spot, Mm -hmm. sort of into a Frankenstein,er which went into the uh, walls. Uh, which I thought was really good. And I I quite like the finish. I, quite, well, I quite, like, quite like Corey Graves' call, which was uh, Jericho might have crippled the new fingers of America. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then he couldn't extend that hand in order to reach the rope, and so tapped. One thing that I noticed is that while he was tapping, he was fully extending his fingers in order to tap, which kind of uh, was a bit of a, a bit of a giveaway. But I quite enjoyed. I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I, it.
1: Yeah, I really like the callbacks to the to the finger on the rope spot at mm. WrestleMania, which was one of my favourite things about WrestleMania.
2: And also, if you notice the finger on the rope spot symbolically, that was also a callback to the festival of friendship with the whole painting, the making of Kevin Owens and the finger of all that. So.
1: Yeah. Ah, okay. What did we think of Chris Jericho's physique in this match, John? You're you're an Adonis. <laughs> you're a Lex Luger. So,
3: I thought he looked pretty good. You know, for I age. thought
1: he was much slower than he has been really? during this run. I thought this was very much the end of the end of his run,
2: and he looked. I thought he yeah, he looked a little bit like he's put on a couple. He of looked like Fat well. Jericho, <laughs> like like when yeah, like when he returned in 2015, I think it was. Yeah. So yeah, again,
1: another signal that he may not be around for too much longer. Uh, there were some amazing kicks, lots of chops. Um, it, I mean, Jericho is mostly just a chop merchant now, with with the occasional lion salt. So yeah, um, Jericho is the fiery baby face, and he wins, which uh, didn't expect at all. I thought that started the pay per view off in a very very exciting way.
2: I didn't expect it, but at the same time, he he kind of needed a win in this feud, so to speak. So if so if they if they do have it that um, Owens wins the title back straight away, then at least Jericho's got that, and it kind of makes. You know, after all this build-up, it kind of makes the, the feud a little bit more balanced, if you get what I mean? So, yeah, I, it was the right call, I think.
1: Okay, on to match two then, and it's Neville versus uh, Austin Aries for the Cruiserweight title. Now, many people say that this was the best match of WrestleMania. It was on the pre-show. Uh, John, you you saw that.
3: This is the second WrestleMania rematch of, uh, of the night as well. Well, well that's why it's what what called payback,
1: because they are paying back. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, uh, giving back. They're, they're settling scores, or, or at least continuing feuds, as ad infinitum, as they as they tend to do.
3: Yeah, I didn't think this was quite as good as the, the Mania match, but I still in, I still enjoyed it. I think they're both really good workers. Um, and I actually like the finish. I mean, it's the sort of thing that people don't like, because it was a, a DQ finish. Um, but that worked for me. That meant that, you know, we, we get a feud that can c- continue. And, you know, uh, Ares had the win. Um, Neville cheated to... Uh, to hold on to the title and we go on and it kind of of works for me I I completely agree because I mean Aries needed Aries needed the win
2: in this feud because he can't keep on losing every match otherwise what's the point continuing the feud Um, it sort of solidifies Neville as this heel who you want to see finally lose the belt but at the same time I'm really loving him as champion so I I want that to go on and on and on really
1: yeah it was a proper classic old school heel manoeuvre of grabbing the ref um, whilst he's in uh, in a submission move and Pulling the ref with his one free hand and, and having to be DQ'd because of it keeps a belt because of the champion's advantage. Yeah, yeah both yeah. of them stay strong as characters. Thought it was very
3: good. It was a nice... It was, it was something that you kind of... You don't really expect to see so much anymore because they don't do that kind of DQ finish because they're so scared of it being kind of, um, you know, put, pissing the crowd off, basically. Um, but when they just do it occasionally, it really it works it works pretty well. Yeah. what well, did annoy me mean they both wore the same ring attire, so they looked like they could be in a tag team.
1: I thought that as well. And Neville looks good in black. Austin Aries could do with something a bit more to, to enhance his character. Well, he hasn't been point. there. Yeah. Hasn't been there
3: as <laughs> Booker T did say at the end of the match, uh, this kid's got a great future about Austin Aries, who is 39. 45,
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then follows a very nice Nakamura package. He's the, he's the face of Backlash. Though, by all accounts, they're doing everything they can to make him not as cool as he was in NXT or Japan, uh, with all their promos that they're doing in, uh, uh, on SmackDown at the moment. John Ross, is I mean, much to uh, you, get. Can you confirm this?
2: I, I, I can. I mean, I think it is. It is quite symptomatic. A lot of a lot of the guys who. It really worked for them in NXT. I mean, it's a, it's a different crowd. You're trying to get Nakamura over with a mainstream crowd. And I think what they're doing is that they're, they're trying to say to guys who, or not guys and girls and children and everyone, who's,
3: uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> who's, never, <laughs> who's uh, never heard of Nakamura, okay, this guy is a big deal. And I think for, for, for fans like us, I think that's
1: why it irks us a bit. Yeah. Uh, we then moved on to a tag match. Between the Hardys and Cesaro. Um, no, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good match. Um, we saw, we
2: saw, saw Cesaro turn heel by um, attacking the Hardys after the match. Interestingly, it was. Cesaro of the two who kind of first did the whole heel turn and and Sheamus followed because you'd expect it to be the other way because we haven't seen a heel Cesaro since what twenty thirteen or
1: so oh, something at, at like that. least yeah I mean yeah. we've seen pretty much every other iteration of, yeah, of Cesaro just being mainly boring yeah. I mean I, 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 he is a fantastic wrestler he's
2: so good absolutely yeah. um, uh, the the only thing there is he I, I mean I prefer heels in general I'm not totally confident how. This is going to pan out. I'm not sure I enjoy Cesaro as a heel. Sheamus, absolutely. Um, and I kind of liked the whole sort of, you know, one to heel, one to face dynamic that they had at the beginning of um, their sort of tag team run i suppose when they just first got put together um but no i mean we'll see how it we'll see how it goes with the hardy's as faces i suppose it was kind of needed and the tag division on raw is a little bit light at the moment so maybe they need to build
1: they need to build the division around this feud so yeah it makes sense jeff hardy lost a tooth as well that was uh that was very exciting they've, they've got a video up on uh wwe.com showing him toothless and being examined by the medical professionals and this is not at a local medical facility this is a proper (laughs) wwe doctor yeah he's probably lost a tooth um do we know when it happened i thought it was when um sheamus he like he just kicks
2: okay right in the mouth you see the tooth fly out oh well then um, i think the leg drop might have come
1: after okay so that yeah so that that's right uh that was just when they were talking about it on commentary um when Cesaro went massively behind, in the air. But it, yes, you're right, that would make a lot more sense that do being th- kicked in the face would make you lose a tooth rather than someone landing on Do you think you do go see uh, Dr
2: steam. Isaac Yankum or DDS? <laughs> 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 I think he's match.
1: busy running for, uh, for political <laughs> office now. <laughs> so, I don't know, his, his, his uh, schedule's pretty pretty full. Uh, what did you think generally of the Hardys? I mean, I just in terms of the look of them, I thought Matt, Matthew, as I've written here, he was wearing awful green trousers and Jeff is... St- he's always worn these trousers that were probably cool in about 95 when you look at um the the trousers that bray wyatt wears they're just a lot more contemporary and a lot cooler and yet uh, this dude jeffrey hardy with uh, all of his tattoos and his hair dye and his piercings and stuff he's had these lame trousers for a really long time
2: it doesn't it doesn't really help the you know the sort of the fact that they they don't want to be seen as as just a nostalgia act, do they? So it doesn't really help that fact if he's st- fact if he's still wearing the attire he wore back in two thousand or or whatever. Unlike Matt, who's still wearing his uh you know broken Matt sort of attire, and there are rumours that WWE finally bought out that gimmick, so.
1: Well, well, yeah. Maybe, I mean, he definitely he did. He did a lot of delete deletes mm. before he did things, which was uh, which was quite exciting. Um, the Hardys, one of the pioneers of tag team wrestling in the WWE, they said on, on commentary, and I think you'll find that they were not pioneers, but they may have been innovators. It's <laughs> probably very true, yeah. Because you're lot Demolition and the Powers of Pain. Do I mean, the I think even of pain? they
3: weren't really pioneers, were they? I mean, but even before that, the Killer, yes. the killer Bees and the British Bulldogs.
1: Yes, the Hart Foundation. Hercules and Paul Roma, <laughs>
0: What,
3: Power and Glory? <laughs> power and Glory. <laughs> Akeem and Big Boss Man. Uh, the Twin Towers.
1: The Rougeau Brothers. Yeah. Anyway.
3: Just name 90s tag teams. One thing I did note from that match was that <clears> in the interview beforehand, uh, well, it wasn't beforehand, it was some sort of interview from Raw, uh, they were talking to Seamus and uh, Cesaro. Cesaro backstage, and Seamus had a little flat cap on, and then when he came out to the ring, obviously his hair is like three feet tall. And I did wonder what did his hair look like under the little flat cap.
1: Well, John... I might be able to tell you because I'm finding out later this afternoon whether I am interviewing um, Mr. Seamus in person or over the phone. Oh, and if okay. it's in person, I'll definitely say, what do you keep under your hat? In <laughs> the same way that I'll ask, what do you keep under your kilt? I like their kilts that they wore to the ring, by the way. Yeah, I, I thought they were cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice look. Um, any questions you'd like me to ask Seamus, apart from his, his hair?
3: <laughs> uh, no, that's it. Just about his hair. Don't ask any wrestling-related questions. Just ask about it, hair. I
1: will be asking him about Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> final final word, I think, on Seamus and Cesaro. It's pretty much exactly a year since they started their... Remember, they had their Best of Seven series, which mm. no one cared about, uh, which then turned into them being... Sort of mortal enemies that were thrust together in a tag team, and I think uh, I think they've actually done very very well. They they when they came into the ring for this one, uh, when they were throwing hands at each other and smiling, they definitely looked like they were good pals. It was very by- cute,
2: wasn't it? It was very really that whole bromance thing. The- yeah, there was yeah. a lot
1: of bromance, and I've heard quite a few interviews with them before WrestleMania where they just seemed to be like good pals, and you know they're both sort of stuck in this nether world of. You know, they're they're never going to be the top top performers. With Cesaro, that should probably hurt him more. No, Sheamus has been... Has been to the top of the mountain a few times. They were talking yeah, about his could, resume.
3: You could see him getting manoeuvred back up there at some point. Yeah,
1: but you know, if, if ability were what made you um, the champ, then Cesaro should be Absolutely. certainly holding the but belt you know, for this, a long time.
2: I, that, that said, I feel like this tag team, at least for me, has done a lot for Sheamus because I, I really wasn't a fan of Sheamus before, before this whole Cesaro thing. And I, I kind of see him in a new light now. I didn't expect the whole best of seven, uh, pitting the enemies against each other thing to work. But I I definitely want to see them together for for a while longer still, even as as unfair as it is maybe to Cesaro, who should be getting that singles push. But there you go.
1: Okay, Uh, let's take a break at this point. We'll be back in just a minute.
0: Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100 percent online So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details.
3: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team,
1: John Ross, you've got a pink highlighter um, across some of your notes. You've mm-hmm. got two pages of notes. I've got no. I've got um, oh my like god, seven or something. By God, he's got seven pages of notes. Do you have any pink highlights uh, for Bailey versus Alexa Bliss?
2: Um, I do. If I can find, there we go. If I can find the page. Um, oh, I thought it was. I thought it was a good match. Um, I'm you know the the right person won yet again there's a lot of good results actually this pay-per-view i thought alexa's the raw women's champion now the first the first person to do that on both raw and smackdown and um yeah i'm really enjoying her as the i don't know is it fair to say she's the new top female heel now or is or is charlotte still got that spot i think
1: charlotte sort of exists on a on a different plane by herself but yeah alexa's probably sort of number two Mm. um in you know i think she's she's I prefer her to to Sasha. I think that Sasha Banks is a, is an excellent performer, but she does botch an awful lot, and I do think that she's really dangerous. I mean, mostly for herself. She she takes some horrible looking bumps, and she's uh, often injured. As a result of those things, her mic works terrible. I think Alexa Bliss is very cute and very good.
2: And just, uh, just um, speaking of, of Sasha for a moment, I just feel like creatively as well, she's kind of middling at the moment because it's kind of like we don't know whether she's whether she's going to turn heel, whether she stays as face. She's kind of just being Bailey's buddy at the moment. She's not really doing much else, and it's not it's not like it's not doing anything good for her character really.
3: Yeah,
1: I think it's good to see Bailey sort of now without the title, and she can, they can work on her character a bit it's more. In,
3: it's interesting that they do that, though. That they, you know, she ret- retained it at WrestleMania in a big sort of WrestleMania moment, and then the first pay per view afterwards, she gets jobbed out in her hometown. It's just kind of very modern WWE, isn't it? Oh, then? they
1: love to make people lose in that. Yeah, hometown. it's kind of just a thing that they like to they've do. They've done this for all this past year. Mm. Yeah, um, and, and you know, particularly with the women, I think. Um, I'm yeah, not... but it's
3: good. It's good. I think Alexa is an excellent uh, or an, an improving hand, and yeah. uh, and one
1: of the few Jewish uh, competitors right, on the it's on, it's the, it's on the WWE roster at the moment. So yeah. Mazutoff.
3: I also
2: I like the fact that she finished the match with a DDT. Like I, 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 you know, the DDT. Like, uh, well, they don't do pole drivers anymore, but DDT is one of those moves that. If you think about it in a sort of shoot sort of way, that that could kill a man or woman. But, yeah, it's been reduced in recent years since the days of Jake Snake or whatever to just a sort of normal move. So I I love that we finally had a match that that finished in that way again.
1: It's House of Horrors time. Do we want to talk about this now or do we want to save this to its own special section at the end? We
3: should talk about this. Talk about it now, and then we can come back. We should just go through the pay per view, shouldn't we? Just well, like follow yes, that stuff. Yeah. So
1: yeah. So at this point, the pay per view is building really nicely. There've been some nice, nice matches. That, that,
3: sorry, but just before, between those, after the women's match and before the House of Horrors, we had something that was even more horrific, which is an advert for John Cena's next motion picture, which is called The Wall. <laughs> Presumably, it's not um,
1: not the Donald Trump wall,
3: not the WCW w character from the late nineties who uh, used to come in alongside Alex Wright.
2: So then, well, it is the double Oh, because <laughs> was that because
3: Alex Wright was a German? Alex Wright's German, and um, he was called. Yeah, he was called first. He was called the Wall, and then he became known as Berlin. <laughs> it was that bad. He was a terrible terrible wrestler.
1: Was he any relation to the pop star of the? Uh, I don't know, Possibly, <laughs> of the late eighties, yeah. early nineties Berlin. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, it was
3: spelt differently. It's spelled with a Y. Well, of course. Anyway, we have Randy Orton in the back of a car with his top off.
1: <laughs> in the back of the <laughs> everything lip-up. about this was so terrible. Um, I'm well, well. I thought I thought Randy looked great in trousers. <laughs> he's a very long individual. He is, yeah. Um, Sinuous. yeah. Uh, he's got great physique, good good tattoos and all that. But he, I thought he looked. I I was pleased to see that you know, uh, in what essentially was a street fight, he was wearing street fight rules clothing, mm, that's where true. he was wearing jeans and, and boots. Um, so I quite liked to see him wear. Wear jeans now on it makes him much more badass but but yeah, how odd that he should be traveling <laughs> in a limousine with no top on you know he could have t- worn a top and unzipped it, but this whole thing the whole thing the soundtrack the the live you know in the top right hand corner
2: well they 've got to at least keep up the the pretense that it's <laughs> that it 's not pre recorded right
1: yeah they can
2: 't just say oh here 's a thing we we had
1: earlier yeah the crickets the pulling out to a house, a backwards tractor, knock on the door with Bray home. Just everything was so, so poor. John, your thoughts. Well,
3: it started off badly because... The announcement was from, the, from uh, the ring announcer said this will end in the ring. Yeah. So you're just waiting for them to leave at some point. So you know nothing like maybe is particularly going to happen while they're in this. Oh, and, and, and it wasn't a title match. Well, they didn't make that clear either. That was in my note later on. It's like, is it a title match? Isn't it a title match? Oh, here's Jinder Mahal. I, I didn't yeah, exactly. <laughs>
2: I didn't realize it until ho- after Jinder Mahal interviewed. I thought, well, that doesn't make sense now because if Randy loses, Jinder's just going to have to face Bray anyway. So what's the point? Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, apparently not so. Um, also, um, isn't it really convenient that that Bray's new house is just like forty minutes away from the SAP <laughs> Arena in San Jose, California?
1: It's extremely convenient, and uh, let me tell you, having um, uh, spent a year living in um, in Northern California, and I've been to San Jose a few times. I've been, I, I know where this arena is, and there is nowhere um, within a sort of forty minute drive from there that is a backwoods sort of decrepit. <laughs> um, true detective y, uh, well, a house of horrors, if you will. Um, yeah, it, it, it's utter bollocks. And
3: well, it was like, it was, it was, it was, it was shot like a terrible low budget. Actually, to be fair, the cinematography the was cinematography very good. It was good. Like, they clearly know how to make mm. films these days and, like, put that to work. But it, just, it wasn't a match, it was just an extended vignette of, you know, of backstage stuff. It reminded me a little bit of, um, Sort
1: of a TNA.
3: I was going to
2: say it's Final
1: Deletion. It's yeah, that's, yeah. that sort the of thing. Final Deletion was very much nudge, nudge, wink, wink, yeah. and there was a lot. You know, it was. They sort of celebrated the So Bad It's Good and the, the Broken Matt character, you know, there, there was a lot of nods to the audience. This had high production values, multiple cameras, had the soundtrack the whole time, which I found very annoying. Yeah, for. the
3: multiple cameras was uh, was annoying because if they just had one, then you could believe it was just one cameraman who'd been, like, given the rubbish job of having to go to this scary house. But
2: yeah. The bit that annoyed me the most was the blue filter they had for all the sort of, like, exterior <laughs>
3: housing, just like, OK, right, we know you're shooting
2: this at, like, 1pm in the day and you just, like, you're, you're trying... Trying to pretend it's night time apparently um even if it were live the sun had only just gone down in in california yep. at that time so
1: yeah I've, I've seen online that uh this house is listed uh it's a thirty six thousand dollar property in missouri um <laughs> just off highway 10
2: wow. and they got there in 40 minutes
3: yeah
1: exactly <laughs> incredible There's several hundred miles that, away. that uber driver
3: really needs a good review right? <laughs> okay I thought, and, and if you were being generous, you could say it, it reminded me a little bit of... Do you remember those um, segments in sort of 96 when Brian Pillman went round Steve Austin's house with a gun?
1: He, my God, he's got a gun. Yeah, it was all yeah.
3: kind of dramatic. And it was, a, it was sort of, you know, if you, if you were trying to be generous, you could compare it to that. Although uh, Orton <laughs> attacks Bray Wyatt with a rolling pin, <laughs> which didn't happen in those segments. I like to think that, like,
2: Bray, like, but earlier on during the day, Bray's just, like, at home, his, you know, his kitchen's like, Oh, I'm going to make a nice cake, nice homemade pizza. <laughs> Like, he's got in one room, he's got dolls on, like, stick things and howling from the wall and stuff. In another room, he's got, like, kitchen utensils. Yeah,
1: I and like he's got the, the, the scary looking dolls suspended from the ceiling. Uh, uh, and, and we thought
3: he was just the eater of worlds. He's also the eater of cakes,
1: pancakes yep. and other baked goods. Yeah. Didn't seem to have very much in the fridge, though. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah, Randy being squashed by the fridge and then Bray walking out, huffing and puffing and coughing. It was like he'd got asthma. <laughs>
3: Maybe it was a very dusty house. So it, d-
1: it looked pretty dusty. It d- certainly hadn't been cleaned in a while. And you've seen me cleaning up. John I I would not have been happy in that house
2: well it's Bray's new house isn't it so clearly he just hasn't done all the sort of renovating and stuff yet because you don't want to do that before you have a House of Horrors match right you don't want Randy to come in and then just like trash your whole house after you've like just done the carpeting and all that so it's
1: true it's true Well, that's yeah. true and that's a, probably a lesson for any of our listeners who are looking to get onto the property ladder that um, <laughs> as you move in have a house of horrors match with someone <laughs> but but yeah so he walked out and then the limo driver just uh, picked him up off we go then. Yeah, did, did, did bray say to the arena please driver yeah he did he yeah. did yeah. <laughs> okay um and the driver didn't say hang on a minute uh what about the other guy with who, who wasn't wearing a shirt do, do, should we wait for him Um, Or did they send two limos? Anyway, that doesn't matter.
3: How did Bray get there in the first place? Would he have like a a little sort of horse and trap somewhere out back? He should have got on that. Also, if
1: it was the same driver waiting there,
2: he must have been sat outside thinking, "Well, this is really weird. Because like just before, like Bray's like on the floor, you know, doing the whole follow the buzzards thing, all the lights on the house mysteriously changed from uh, blue to red. Yeah. Driver's probably just too scared to say anything, I suppose.
1: He's just waiting for his tip. At the end, they're, they're very customer service. Maybe the meter was running.
3: He was like, "This is this
1: is costing them a fortune." <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, well, we'll carry on with the the, the match was of course uh, intercut with the uh, the Rollins and, and Samoa Joe match. But let's uh, we'll, we'll talk about the finish. Um, okay. So yeah, there, there's like a 20 minutes or so in between uh, them finishing that that bit and then resuming in the ring. So the big reveal is that Randy's actually already there. Uh, which... Well, it was
3: noticeable that Bray just came empty-handed from his House of Horrors, but yet somewhere between going into the building and coming out, he managed to pick up his little lantern thing.
1: Well, there was definitely... You know, we heard the crickets before in the background at the actual House of Horrors itself, and there were, in terms of audience reaction, there were a lot of boos. Yeah, they cut back from the original segment, and you could hear boos in the background.
3: And then when Orton is there, Bray sells, like, surprise for about half a 2nd you know, and then just then we just have a little then we just have a little match. It was yeah, it was badly done.
1: Did you notice that that Randy did have a slight cut around his sort of arm and bicep, which no, it wasn't know. a tattoo, so they did keep the continuity with the fridge in there. But did the um, did the Singh brothers, also known as as the Bollywood Blondes, uh, did they <laughs> 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 Very good. Did, did they help him out of the uh, the fridge situation? Uh, who, who knows? Did Jinder? Who knows? But anyway. Gender got involved, Randy loses, Bray wins his own match with interference. Everyone should be thoroughly, thoroughly ashamed of themselves. This was a match that never needed to happen. Bray, his whole character, his whole everything is just embarrassing. He's so committed to it, and I was, if I was anyone else any other performer on this roster said what the fuck are you doing you have absolutely ruined this (laughs) pay-per-view you know it's one that there's no such thing as bad publicity and wwe probably think that you know so long as it's not steroids or anything okay
2: i think we have to disagree here because this match was my absolute favorite thing of the (laughs) pay-per-view and exactly because it was so terrible it was just the most it was the most fun so uh yeah, we'll have to disagree there, I'm afraid.
1: Well, I, I think, that John Ross, we, we've got uh, seven or eight years on you in terms of, <laughs> of life. This, this was a sort of, this was a, a match. I wouldn't even call it a match. This was a wrestling experience that made me think, <laughs> what am I doing with my life?
3: Yeah, I, I kind of, to start <laughs> like, I, I sort of enjoyed the, the first segment. Because if you think of the first bit as a segment rather than as a match... It was quite an enjoyable segment. I certainly, I mean, I, I was laughing because, I, I mean, and I'm sure that wasn't really the, the intention, but I did find it kind of entertaining. The actual match itself, I could, uh, I could leave because I, can't, I just find autumn so dull.
1: Um, and to, to reiterate, uh, as we've said on, on every episode, you really enjoy bad WCW sort of yeah, skitty I lo- things, I, I like, love,
3: like and- hokey, hokey nonsense. Like, give me all the more kind of. Not like wall to wall sort of gimmicks everywhere, but I, I love like a kind of like Dungeon a gimmicks match. sort of thing, yeah, yeah, that kind of thing, like silly characters and. But they they've lost how to you know they they've lost how to do it. There's no kind of um, tongue in cheek. It's just a little bit too. Um, they take themselves a bit too seriously about it. Really, in a way. Um,
2: so, so as much as I as much as I enjoyed the the experience of of this match or the skit or whatever you want to call it. Um, I, I do agree that the the booking, however, was a bit was a bit weird because, like you said, nobody wins. Okay, so so Bray's won the match, and Bray Bray needs Bray needs wins right now. He has done for a long time, but when you have Jinder Mahal, when you need Jinder Mahal to help you do it, then you he, know he
3: got a, a, quite a reaction when he came out there. Like he was being very strongly booed, mm. but you don't know if that's kind of because he's an effective heel, he he sort or of go he just, away here. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah, and it was also yeah, it was very confusing because like it wasn't very clear whether it was a title match or not, whether the the winner moves over to SmackDown or or yeah, who
3: knows what happens. I think the Orton thing is done now, um, so Orton can feud with Ginger Mahal. <sighs> Ginger, Ginger Mahal, Ginger Mahal, <laughs> that's that's the uh, his Irish
1: cousin Ginger Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah,
3: we can and break and perhaps do something a little bit better.
1: Okay, uh, on to better things then. Um, Seth Rollins versus Samoa Joe. Uh, this was the match that had to follow the uh, House of Horrors horror bit, the uh, the the bit in the house itself. Mm-hmm. Not an easy thing to do. Um, I thought a decent match, though. I was pretty. Mm, I was I was underwhelmed. I was really looking forward to this one. Well, let-
3: Maybe, John, because you're more of a, a week-to-week watcher, mm-hmm. it felt to me on the pay-per-view this was really underplayed. It didn't seem like because it felt like pre at the start we were they were kind of flagging up uh, Jericho Owens, the House of Horrors match, and Strowman Roman, um, but this one was kind of you know sort of fourth almost on the bill. And I thought this should be should have been a bit to of a bigger be honest, deal. I mean, I mean, well, okay, none. There, well, at least very few of the matches on this
2: card had had much of a, a build or anything apart from uh, Reigns. Strowman and yeah, it's true. I suppose this is this this match is just kind of a bit of an afterthought to Seth Triple H. I suppose. I mean, in terms of match quality it felt itself, I thought it was a good match, but I th- I found it difficult to enjoy because the crowd weren't into it, and I don't know if it's because they were burned out or maybe quite disillusioned after the whole House of Horrors, but they were just they were just dead. Really,
3: they don't seem to care about Joe very much, which I, I found surprising. Um, and maybe that's one of those things where. Um, previous you know um, work on work with other companies or work with NXT perhaps they struggled to to transfer that into them the main roster because the, he was sort of like they sort of seemed to see him as another Rusev like just kind of a big um, you know big, big lump through, really yeah, yeah. and he, he's better than that obviously um, yeah they it was it was a bit of a bit of a bit of a shame really
1: there didn't seem to be any stakes in this match either. I mean, what, what would have been nice... You know, they, they seem to be doing a lot of number one contender things at the moment. This Either of these two going up against Brock, um, I think, is a really exciting match. Uh, but they, they didn't build it up like that at all. And they didn't really, like you say, they didn't really do very much in terms of the... Apart from the video package beforehand, they haven't done a great deal in terms of the, the Triple H storyline. You know, that um, Samoa Joe was brought in as the... Uh, The Destroyer, the Enforcer, the guy that re-injured Rollins' leg um, for that match against Triple H. You know, he wasn't even there at ringside during that match, which was which was a bit weird. Um, And then and now he was meant to be finishing off Triple H's work or or you know doing it for him, and he failed in that regard. And I don't think Samoa Joe needs Triple H to uh, build his character up, and I think that's probably something he could he could really do without.
3: Yeah, which was kind of, which is a bit of, a, um, you know, I do wonder for how long we're going to do Seth Rollins matches will be or his knee hurts. I mean, is that going to be because it was, that was really the story of his Mania match with Triple H and it was the story of the Samoa joe match as well. It's like, are we going to do that for six months, a year? Just like Seth Rollins hobbling around and then pulling out a move to win it.
1: And John, you, you watch uh, a lot of live football games as well, particularly lower league matches where there are a lot of players who have come back from cruciate. Ligament injuries does tapping the knee to get a bit of blood flowing into the <laughs> into the knee. You do see, does that it, help. You do see physios doing that all
3: the time. Does actually, that help? Just appreciate. running on and slapping the side of the knee it does yeah. make a
1: okay. a huge
3: difference. That's yeah, making
1: sure.
2: I oh. did. I did wonder how um, the match finished because on because on Raw. Um, last week we had that that moment in the tag match between um, the Good Brothers and I think it was Seth and Seth and Jericho, where uh, Seth goes for the Pedigree. and then decides, oh no 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 no, I'm done with that whole Triple H storyline, and he does a sort of knee strike similar to um, kind of Kenny Omega's finishing moves. And um, I, yeah, I wondered how he was going to do that with a with a busted knee. But what was the finish match? He, he sort of it's like a small package or something. Yeah, it's
3: yeah. a roll up really. Yeah. yeah. So
1: yeah. yeah, he reversed one of uh, or he was in Samoa Joe's move and then sort of rolled him over and it wasn't his move it was just some canny ring work
3: yeah and I think that's kind of quite a good way of giving Rollins win without really weakening Joe too much it was a cheap it was a cheap victory
1: okay so I think that Rollins is somewhere on the road to fighting Brock Lesnar that's what some of the stuff I've been reading though that wasn't done in in storyline here Brock You may have seen, listeners, we've certainly seen here in the Parts Unknown studio, that he'll be defending his title in June at uh, WWE's newest pay-per-view, Great Balls of Fire. (laughs) Uh, I can't
2: can't wait to see the the set design for that one. (laughs) (laughs)
1: It's...
3: What are they thinking?
1: What are they thinking? Uh, and this was the bad blood pay per view that they've sort of rebranded. But great balls of fire is is something that no one said that for <laughs> <laughs> since uh, the fifties or sixties. It's really Vince it out of touch. Shows you
3: how out of touch they are. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, very poor. Anyway, we look forward to great balls of fire in in some way. Just just
3: one last thing on the Samoa Joe Rollins match. Uh, Corey Graves at one point said. Um, Joe will beat you up till there's nothing left. And Booker T came back with, like an assassin. And I think, no, Booker, that's not what assassins do. <laughs> that's not like an assassin at Not
1: all. like an assassin much at all. Strowman versus Roman. Now, some interesting facts here. Braun Strowman is 33 and uh, Roman Reigns is 31. I'm just going to leave it out, there. They're much younger than, <laughs> Interesting fact. than either you and I, uh, John Ross. They're people you can look up to and think, "I've still got a few years still to make a Couple that. Of
2: years to be Braun Strowman. Yeah. yeah, better get on those steaks and protein shakes.
1: He's done really, really well for himself. For someone who was brought in as uh, the the White Family's muscle, what was it? It's probably about two years ago, and he was incredibly green. You know, and they protected him in that group um now to be main eventing shows and he's talking he's doing backstage vignettes chucking people on stretches off ramps he's lifting up ambulances he's collapsing rings Rings, with big show uh he's doing really really well and the crowd absolutely love him uh he's not doing it against jobbers anymore he's doing it against main event people um i think that he is a real success story
2: absolutely and and
1: and a compelling watch actually
2: he's been yeah absolutely he's been he's been fantastic it's kind of hard to believe actually this is the first time he's main evented a pay-per-view though because it seems like he's been at the forefront um of sort of a creative's minds for for some months now but um yeah
1: he's a real vince kind of kind of guy isn't he he's you know massive yeah and that that ambulance
3: tipping uh, spot or uh, pre-recorded uh, segment it was absolutely absolutely brilliant, it's fantastic. Problem is, is that he's um, too over with the crowd. So when you've got your baby face at the end coughing up blood um, and the heel kind of standing tall, you get the crowd chanting "Thank you, you Strowman," <laughs> <laughs> which it shows you that they've done something wrong. Like that's that's not working properly. Um, I also have a problem with. It. I yeah, just to be clear, I kind of enjoyed I kind of enjoyed the match, so it was fine. I have a problem with the fact that the last time that uh, Strowman was on a main pay-per-view, it was fast lane, when he lost to Roman Reigns. So all this stuff with, I don't know, anyone on, on earth could beat Strowman at the moment. It's like, no, the last time he fought on pay-per-view, the same guy beat him. That was the problem. I was annoyed at the time when he lost to, to Roman. At, I remember, uh, John. I was next lane. to you. And, it just, and it's like, oh, it's basically WWE t- treating their viewers like they're stupid and they'll just forget. That sort of thing that's happened, because they kind of, they kind of mentioned Fastlane, but they sort of did it in a way that sort of said, "Oh, Strowman hasn't forgiven Reigns for what happened at Fastlane or what he did to him at Fastlane. He beat him, he pinned him, like he lost." And it really kind of reduces the the sort of um, the sense of monsterishness for me.
1: What did you think of uh, Reigns' selling here? You know, he, came, he comes to the ring with his broken ribs well, and his I'd... separated shoulder. <laughs> My first
3: note was, I just felt sorry for you because you know, he's got even more covering his chest.
1: It's true. Well, it <laughs> maybe his
2: chest protector made sense, doesn't it, though? It didn't, didn't really help him in the match, but it kind of like, OK, he's wearing a chest protector. Right, OK, I can understand that. It's, you know...
1: I thought he logical. looked good in, you know, if you imagine the uh, the strapping as, like, a tight white T-shirt underneath a v-neck a tank top <laughs> I thought he looked great uh, I had it on the opposite arm to the one he has the tattoos on as well so yeah it's, kind it's of a like... nice contrast <laughs> <laughs> he was showing far less skin than usual tantalisingly so he's not a great seller in match terms if you remember I think it was the Fastlane match he was put through a table by Braun sold it for about 10 seconds then got up and does the spear and Superman punches all that yeah. kind of stuff which
3: he, Fastlane was less than two months ago by the way yeah also at Fastlane I made no. <laughs> Jinder Mahal lost to Cesaro at Fastlane, and is now in the world title picture.
1: Wow! Anything can happen in WWE.
3: <laughs> that's such a that's such a, that's the sort of line that Vince would say, and it usually does. <laughs> My other problem with this match was the finish. And if you've got a finishing move, which Strowman's finishing move is this running power slam, which looks great. Davey Boy Smith's old finishing move, just do it once and pin him. Why do you have to do it twice? All you do is all you you don't all that does is lessen the impact of the finishing move. For me.
2: Fair enough, but it makes Roman look good, doesn't it? That's, yeah, that's but you've still whole, got. That's why still they've done lost. it. Lost. Yeah, absolutely. Right. But it's they're trying to keep him. They're trying to to make it look like okay. Well, Roman lost, but you know he has got broken ribs and a broken shoulder and, and he's and, just generally broken and a blood and, packet and a, and a blood. No, I think in that was mouth, hard way you know, internal but, bleeding. I think. And yeah, and it takes two finishes to keep him down. It's you know he he beat the Undertaker, so he's you know. <laughs> The yeah. Undertaker required three F threes to, to lose the streak, so F threes F fives. Yeah. They're F5. not quite as good sorry, as F fives. Sorry. F <laughs> fives. <laughs> I'm no, getting my I'm getting them. my keyboard keys wrong,
1: but you know.
3: Yeah. It's it's with that sort of angle as well, with the finish and the kind of hitting roam with the stairs uh the crowd reaction should have should have been like all hushed, and oh my God oh, this guy 's really really hurt, but actually it was kind of euphoric, <laughs> which is kind of it's when you do cool stuff like tipping tipping ambulances over, then you know people are going to cheer for
1: you aren 't they? Well, I highly recommend that uh you you both watch the start of raw talk it 's only about two three minutes actually uh it can it 's like the camera's still rolling on um on Roman outs uh, uh backstage. Being uh, led away by Finley and whoever else, I the, the old pro in yeah. the in the suit was. Um, he, he more blood. He finds the only white wall in the building. It's a, it's a nice effect. And then there's an ambulance spot and some doors. Well worth watching. People at home, if you haven't seen that as well, well worth checking that out. Um, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. I think we're gonna come back for backlash, providing that WWE don't do anything. House of Horrors worthy uh to make me and john cancel our subscriptions john ross you're I'll
2: just be presenting this uh podcast on my own then. yeah you're
1: you're you're wwe for life you've got the t-shirts <laughs> and everything i'm very much looking forward to the finn balor wwe 24 documentary that they're putting out uh probably i think it's may the 15th something like that uh that should be that should be good he's a he's a nice chap and he's irish john do you know anyone else who's, who's irish no Okay, I am, yeah. I could I could be in a stable with him and Seamus. I'd be the man. would you what would
3: you call yourselves?
1: I'd call us to be sure. <laughs> or the finisher which i'd apply twice would be called to be sure to be sure <laughs> there you go thank you all of our listeners in ireland who unfortunately didn't get the chance to see me and john uh and uh, some guys from gorilla position the football liking ones do uh, a live show hopefully we'll be able to do that possibly even with john ross um as well later on in the summer maybe around summer slam time anyway this has been parts unknown i've been at Green Ben Green, if you want to do anything on Twitter. You two over there, who have uh, you been? I,
2: I've been at John Ross, no H underscore Swayby, S W A B
3: Y. It's a long address. It is. And uh, John underscore Ashdown.
1: Everyone that's been there, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Yes.